Welcome once again to Lato's Law. Here's Steve Lato. Stephen with a PH sent me a great story out of Reason.com. And this is one of those headlines that you read it and go, oh, unbelievable. Grandmother didn't submit the proper banking form, and now the IRS wants $2.1 million from her. Now, she's asking the Supreme Court to consider whether this seizure is an excessive fine under the Bill of Rights' Eighth Amendment. Scott Shackford wrote this, and um, this case is also being handled by the Institute for Justice. The IRS wants to seize more than $2 million from an elderly woman whose family fled from Nazi Germany for failing to report her father's endowment to her. Now, she's petitioning the Supreme Court to consider whether this is an unconstitutionally excessive fine. The Constitution and the Bill of Rights specifically say that fines cannot be excessive. The question, of course, is what is excessive? But believe it or not, the IRS says, well, it's not a fine, it's a penalty. And the Constitution doesn't say excessive penalties, it says excessive fines. The Institute for Justice is representing the woman who is an 82-year-old grandmother living near Boston, and they filed a petition with the Supreme Court on Friday asking the court to determine whether federal civil penalties imposed by the federal government count as fines. Now, you or I might assume that penalties and fines are the same thing, but the government's position is they're different. Look them up in the dictionary. They're different words. They're different words. They even begin with different letters. And therefore, the IRS can demand millions in penalties from people without triggering the excessive fines clause of the Eighth Amendment. You'll remember that um, Tyson Timms was a story we talked about quite a bit a year or so ago because the guy's uh, car was taken under civil asset forfeiture. And the car had nothing to do with the crime of which he was charged. And they took that up to the Supreme Court, but not on the civil asset forfeiture portion, but whether or not the taking of the vehicle was, in essence, an excessive fine. And the Supreme Court said it was and sent it back down. So the interesting thing here is that was a state action. This is an action by the federal government. So this woman's family fled Germany in the 1930s. Her family ended up in Argentina. That's where she was born. But she came to the U.S. In, uh, when she was 22 years old. And she became a U.S. citizen in the 1980s. Her father, in the meantime, became quite successful. And he gifted her with millions of dollars in a Swiss bank account shortly before dying in 1999. Now, I know what you're thinking. You're saying, Steve, ooh, she had money stashed in a Swiss bank account. I bet when they found that... That's when she started complaining. No, 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 no. The Federal Bank Secrecy Act, passed in 1970, requires citizens to report various banking records and information to the government. It requires any citizen with more than $10,000 in a foreign bank to fill out a report of foreign bank and financial accounts annually. It's an FBAR, an FBAR form. Now, she did not file any FBARs until 2010, which is when she says that she discovered the requirement because she did her own taxes. According to the Institute for Justice, she'd been filing her own taxes by hand using forms from the local library. Once she discovered the requirement, she disclosed the existence of the account to the IRS and then told them she hoped that her filings would put her back into compliance with the law. Of course, things did not go well for her, According to the Institute for Justice's filing, the IRS launched an audit in 2011. 
The agency determined that she had underpaid her taxes in some years, but overpaid in others. So she was asked to pay $40,000 in penalties for her tax mistakes. So she paid the $40,000. And at that point in time, her taxes were up to date. But then the IRS came and said that she had failed to file her FBARs. Under federal law, the maximum penalty for failing to file the FBAR is either $100,000 or half the balance of the reported account, whichever is greater. The IRS declared that her failure to file the FBAR was reckless and filed for half the money in the account, which would be a civil penalty of more than $2.1 million. Yes, there is apparently $4.2 million in this account. They want half of it, 2.1. It doesn't matter whether Toast's failure to file the form deprived the IRS of taxes it was owed or whether she was actively trying to deceive the government. All that mattered was that she simply didn't file the proper record and the IRS says that she should have known she needed to file it. Ignorance of the law, as they say. The fight here is not over whether the federal government and the IRS have the power to penalize people for trying to conceal bank accounts from the taxman. Rather, it's about whether taking $2.1 million from a citizen for simply not annually completing a one-page form can be considered an excessive fine. So she's not saying, I don't want to pay anything. She's saying she's willing to pay whatever fine might be that would be reasonable. A reasonable fine for what she did or did not do. The feds argue that this does not invoke the Eighth Amendment at all because this isn't a fine, it's a civil penalty. They claim that civil penalties are immune from scrutiny under the Eighth Amendment. Now, the U.S. Court of Appeals for the First Circuit has agreed with the feds on this one and refused to even consider whether the $2.1 million uh, fine is excessive because they say it's not a fine. It's a civil penalty. Institute for Justice counters that this is clearly a type of a fine. Eighth Amendment's excessive fines clause is a key check on the government's power to punish uh, that is why the excessive fines clause is part of the Bill of Rights, and that's why the federal courts need to take it seriously. As you can imagine, if this argument lasts, the governments can simply remove all fine schedules and call them a civil penalty schedules. So if you um, are out speeding, for instance, you don't pay a fine, you pay a civil penalty of a million dollars. Institute for Justice has previously and successfully turned to the Supreme Court to set limits on the government's ability to seize properties and assets. And they cite Tims versus Indiana, where the court ruled unanimously that the Eighth Amendment applied to state-level asset forfeitures in a case where the state of Indiana seized an SUV from a man arrested for selling heroin and attempted to keep the SUV. In that ruling, the court noted that one of the purposes of the Eighth Amendment is to prevent the government from using fines not as a punishment, but as a source of revenue. Meanwhile, this woman in this case has already made amends and paid fines for her mistakes with her IRS filings. In absence of evidence of deliberate fraud, it's hard not to see this grasping as anything other than an attempt by the IRS and the Treasury to bring in money. The Institute for Justice notes that the woman is far from alone here. There's been a recent escalation in the use of civil penalties by the federal government over FBAR filings, Over the past decade, the government has expended its FBAR enforcement relentlessly. 
Between 2012 and 2020, it assessed nearly $1.5 billion in FBAR penalties. This term, it is asking the court to ratify a still more aggressive regime. So Mr. Shackford ends by saying, whenever you read about how the IRS needs more and better enforcers and will only target wealthy people who are deliberately trying to conceal their money, think about this case. The IRS is looking for reasons to take huge sums of money from people without showing these citizens have been engaging in actual misconduct. Worse still, this agency is also attempting to argue that seizing people's money and assets doesn't count as a fine, and therefore the Eighth Amendment doesn't protect citizens against it. And this is what we call wordplay, okay? If I told you that you would get in trouble if you tried to deceive the IRS, and the IRS might, as a result, force you to pay them money because you did something wrong, you'd say, oh, i got to pay a fine, No, 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 it's not a fine. It's a civil penalty. What's the difference? The name. Any other difference? No, because the effect is still the same. You are being ordered to pay money allegedly because you did something wrong. Sounds like a fine. No, it's a penalty. (laughs) It's a penalty. (laughs) Penalties are different than fines. Because obviously in hockey, you go to a penalty box. You don't go to a fine box. Otherwise, there'd be a fine box. It's a penalty box. It's different things. <laughs> so, as always, the Institute for Justice is doing great work and Reason.com. Likewise, uh, Scott Shackford wrote this. This grandmother didn't submit the proper banking form, and now the IRS wants $2.1 million from her. Not as a, as a fine, but as a penalty. There you go. Stephen of the PH Senate. Thanks a lot. Questions or comments, put them below. I'll just talk to you later. Bye-bye. Thank you for watching Lato's Law. Map out your future, but do it in pencil. The road ahead is as long as you make it. Make it worth the trip.